Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. I want you to know, how many Christians are in here today? Shout amen. Amen. You are the new Levitical order. You are the royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That is who you are. We need to set up that requisite before I preach the rest of this message to you. You are separate, you are set out, you are set apart. Listen to this verse. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. This is Psalm chapter 4 verse 3. The Lord will hear when I call upon him. This is out of 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 12. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You're telling me that the face of the Lord is against some people? Absolutely. You are special. If you are saved, you are set apart, and you are special. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3. I could go on and on and on. You are set apart. Part of the problem with the modern-day church is that they consider themselves equal with the world. No, you are set apart, you are powered, and you are privileged. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's who you are. It really is. Psalm chapter 2, verse 8 says this. You need to think of this in the course of this wicked world that we are living in. Ask of me, God says. And I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. You worried about supply line shortages right now? Don't worry about it. Simply tap into your citizenship, which is in heaven. It's not on earth. You don't belong to the world. You don't conform to the pattern of this world. You don't belong to the thinking of this world. When the world tells you to wear a mask, you don't. When the world tells you to vax, you don't. The very same people that want to rip 60 million babies per year out of the womb, piece by bloody piece, are the very ones that are using those pieces by bloody pieces to form the vaccines that they're pumping into people's arms. You do not conform to the pattern of the world. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what you do. You may consider it to be haughty to say that we are powered and we are privileged. It's not haughty, it's the word of God. If I'm preaching to you the word of God, then it cannot be haughtiness. It's the word of God. It's who you are if you are saved. And you are saved. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I confirmed that with 25 people over there. They did a great job not getting me wet, by the way. That was good. Great job, Travis. A few sprinkles here and there. I was really concerned that it looked like I peed my pants. So that was was spared all of that. Big splash over. Oh, man. Now, you've been given authority. How many of you want Jesus to be astonished by you? Then you're going to have to operate in authority. In order to operate in authority, you have to understand that you are powered and that you are privileged. You are. 
You're, you're the city that is set on a hill. You're the one that's set apart for him. You're powered and you are privileged. Luke chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power. The world should be scared of you. I don't mean that we're going to go and launch an attack with AR-15s. I'm talking about they should be scared of our spiritual warfare. They should be scared that we are praying them out of office. They should be scared. They should be scared that we are praying them like Pfizer out of business. That's what they should be scared of. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. The world should be nervous around you. You shouldn't be complying to the world or cooperating with the world. The world should be nervous around your power, approval, and anointing. Jesus said, Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give unto you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I say that again, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Everything is fear these days. Every last thing is fear. You cannot watch TV for 10 seconds until it's a medication commercial about some sort of ailment. It's all about fear, but nothing shall by any means hurt you, but you're going to have to operate in that authority. Well, I've tried it before Tom and it didn't work. So that became your theology instead of the word. How, how about, how about it was because of unbelief, just like Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, just like Jesus said in Mark 9, 24, just like Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41. Whenever there was an expectation of the miraculous and it did not happen, he didn't say, you know what, nice try, try again. He said, you know what, it's your unbelief. Now try again. That's how it works. That's supplication, by the way. By prayer and supplication means repetition. It doesn't work. You don't adapt your theology and start saying God can heal, but I don't know if he will heal. God can provide, but I never know if he will provide. God can provide victory, but I never know if I'm going to be victorious. That's not the Bible. Whenever you hear something, or whenever you hear me say something like, that's not the Bible, then cast it off. God can heal, but I don't know if he will heal. That's very, very safe theology for those that accomplish nothing. It's a very good excuse to not heal. Well, you know, he can, but you just never know if he will kind of God is that? Is that the kind of parent you were for your child? Well, he can be a great dad, but you never know if he will. He might bring home a paycheck, but you never know if he will. Why is, why is it acceptable to be inept in the church and nowhere else? Why is it, why is it acceptable to cast ineptness upon Yahweh? Well, you never know if he will, that crazy God. Who's going to follow that God? You're like, well, Tom, you've had to be public. You've had to have been publicly humiliated. You've prayed over people that didn't happen. I don't care. Every single time I pray, no matter what it is, I expect victory. I expect exactly what I prayed for. If it doesn't happen, it was me or the person I prayed for. You're like, Tom, Tom that's mean. That's the Bible. If that's mean to you, then understand you have a misconception of love. Yeah. 
you have a misconception of what is mean and what's not mean. Do you see it? If the Bible is mean to you, then you're too nice. If the Bible's too nice for you, then you're too mean. That's how it works. I lean towards the too mean portion. The Bible taps me down a couple notches, and some of you, it needs to raise you up a couple notches. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means nothing. You see those commercials and you start getting nervous? If you're on WebMD all the time, then you are not following the Word of God. Start casting that stuff down and speak to it in Jesus' name. What did Jesus marvel at? Matthew chapter 8, 5 through 13. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. My servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was astonished. Now a lot of people misconstrue this verse. I'll read it to you before I explain it. When Jesus heard this he was astonished and said to those Following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. What does that mean? Now you've been given the measure of faith. For by the grace given you, I say, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, right? So you've been given the measure of faith. Stop asking for more faith. That's heresy. You don't ask for more faith. You dispel unbelief to unleash your faith. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Not by faith in the Son of God. It's better than that. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So if you have the faith of the Son of God, then why would you say, Lord, give me more faith? You ever think about that? You have the faith of the Son of God. So why, Tom, when I pray, I know we did this last week, this will be brief. Why, when I pray, does it not happen? Because of unbelief. You're not understanding authority. Jesus is astonished. He says, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. What he means by that is, I have finally found somebody who understands my authority and that he can operate in my authority and receive healing from 100 miles away. That's what happened here. Not increase my faith. Every time in Scripture, whether it's Luke 17, 5 or any other place, where the apostles ask for more faith, Jesus says, have faith as a mustard seed. Little time, little bit of his own faith will move mountains and trees be planted in the ocean at your command. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You are the new Levitical order. Other people have been cast aside to make room for you. 
They can come in if they want. They're more than welcome, but they've been cast aside. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. What kind of, what is that, Tom? Is that a Chinese proverb? No, that's Romans chapter 11, verse 22. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. At his, at, and his servant was healed at that very hour done. Simply by understanding authority. Jesus marveled at that. Jesus was, quote, astonished that somebody finally understood authority because his own disciples didn't get it. But a centurion, an alleged bad guy, understood it. And Jesus marveled at it. So I want everybody to know that you are set apart, that you are privileged, from whom much is given, much is demanded, though. The world should be nervous around you, not, the wor- not you nervous around the world. The world should be cooperating with you, not you cooperating with the world. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7. That's how it should be going. Now I want to advise you of a pitfall. Are you ready? Now this is never spoken of inside the church. Now that we know that we are privileged. Now the first service got a lot more of the positive and you're getting the negative. Just how it fell. I went on and on and on about how privileged and powerful they were. Now I did that short for you. But they didn't get cracked with the whole unbelief thing last week. So... You know, it's just how it goes. Now, here's a pitfall once you understand these things or you have any sort of measure of understanding these things. And it's never spoken of inside the church and it's called idol worship. And I mean idol worship, not by unbelievers. I'm talking about idol worship by Christians. It's never spoken of inside the church. Where do you get this from? Well, let's first look at, look at Colossians chapter two, verse eight. It says this, see to it, that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. See to it that no one takes you captive. There's also many other verses in the Bible like Romans chapter 16. Be on your guard. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depend on human tradition Oftentimes, the human version of love. Human version of love where the Bible is too mean. So you're telling me that a homosexual man is going to hell. If he does not repent, that is correct. Are you telling me that the heterosexual sexual sinner is going to hell? Absolutely, unless he or she repents. That's the Bible. If that's too mean for you, then you're too nice. Does that mean you go up to every single sinner you see and tell them they're going to hell? No, you pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. People don't do it. That's, that's Philemon 1.6. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. So you pray and God will open the doors and at times he will tell you to confront sin. And what do you do when he tells you to confront sin? 
You do it or you can fall into the elemental spiritual forces of this world or human tradition which says, you know what, you know, we're just trying to, trying to keep them in and marinate them into the gospel. Marinate? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, for the word of God's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Marinade, butter knife them. It doesn't work. I always want to ask people, how's that marinating working for you? None of your kids in your own home are saved, but you certainly are loving. So are you really loving or have you spared the spiritual rod and hated your child? See, people don't want to talk about that because I'll lose grandmas and I'll lose moms in here. Because you won't, won't be honest with yourself and say, you know what, my kids aren't saved. They aren't saved, they aren't saved. What's the point of pretending they are? And what's the point of obfuscating your responsibility in it? You know why my kids watch TV? They don't need more because everything's been substituted by iPad screens. So I was man, you know what, I can, I can blame other people now because that wasn't me. But the reason why they started walk, watching screens was because of me. Their mom didn't watch TV. It was me who was planted in front of the TV. I take responsibility. How about everybody else? That's what you do. That's genuine love. Or you can choose elemental spiritual forces, which is the, the, the spirit of the air, the principalities and powers of the air. Or you can choose human tradition, which are brought forward by the powers of the air. That's what we're seeing right now. Now what I'm talking about is worshiping the blessing. There's idolatry inside the church. And it comes even from people who preach like I do. It's people who end up worshiping the blessing. Let's use Acts chapter 8, 14 through 24 to look at it. The sorcerer's sin is the title. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as of yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let me ask you this and violate your theology for just a minute. How many of us have asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Luke 3.22. Oh, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Well, that violates my Baptist theology. Take your Baptist theology, crumple it up in a giant ball, and throw it away. Tom, how dare you say it? Don't care. You know what Baptist theology means to me? Nothing. You know what my own theology means to me? Nothing. I was raised Catholic. You know what that means to me? Nothing. You know what a priest means to me? Nothing. You know what my baptism, I have baptism certification papers that say I got baptized when I was however many months old. You know what that means to me? Nothing. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider them as lost for the sake of Christ. Just like Paul did, took all of his religion and chucked it away. The Pharisee among Pharisees respected, loved, and admired. And he took all of those things and just chucked them aside. Whatever was to my prophet, I now consider them as lost for the sake of Christ. So if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit because it violates your theology, talk to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. 
If you, if you try, well, you know, I tried over and over again and I just never can't get it done. Well, stop speaking that garbage and do it again. Have you ever really, you know, here's the thing. In many other areas of our life, if we wanted to, to finish our landscaping, many of you, I've seen you before, your husband and wife teams, you're out there in your shorts and your visor, your sunglasses and your shovels. Me and my wife do it too. I'm making fun of you, but we've done it too. And you will, day in and day out, you will go out there. You're planting this, planting that day after day after day until the job is done. But you won't do that for the Holy Spirit. You go out there for 10 hours a day, 10 days in a row to get those palm trees up. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with the roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The thing you just planted for 10 hours a day will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. None of that means squat. And you will do anything to get that done. But you won't take, you won't pray, you won't fast, you won't get alone with God and stay there until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I prayed for eight minutes. What about the, what the why does God get less than the palm tree? And it's not close. See how quiet I can make a room? That's why, that's why people come up to me at the door. Well, you, we, we've been here for three weeks. You're way above average. You survived this church for more than a couple months. I marvel at you. You are on the upper echelon of all of Christians. If you can make it here. Because this is the Bible. That's why, that's why, that's why you have Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At that time. Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You have a bunch of Christians who are not standing on the word. They're standing on the world. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? James chapter 4 verse 4. That's why they all partnered up with the world. How many churches, you know right now, churches are vaccine centers. Churches right now are still closed. You can't go to church. You cannot go to church. I'm trying to remember what country it is. I just lost it. A country in Africa. You cannot go to church. You cannot bank. You can't do anything without a vaccine passport. You can't even get your bank account anymore. And pastors aren't even preaching about that this morning. They're preaching about summer playlist and their 4800th version of love. Again. So if you survive this, what it is, you're surviving the Bible because that's what you're getting. It's the Bible. For as of yet, he had fallen upon none of them. Verse 16 out of Acts chapter 8. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That should be you. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of, of the apostles' hands. Now here's the guy we're focusing on. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Saying, give me this power also. Now listen, I want to tell you something. There's not a soul in this room that hasn't operated like that. And that includes me. Saying, give me this power also. I'll explain it to you in a minute. I know some of you don't ever layer this thing, these these. Stories down to yourself, you should. 
Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Well, that must be because he was not saved. He absolutely was saved and baptized. No, it can't be. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness. And he's saying that to a Christian. And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Now, earlier in the same chapter, he was saved and baptized. He was a bigwig in town, astonishing people by his magical works. Then, which, by the way, is very similar to Christians who come in and get saved and endlessly talk about what, what they once were. You're a new creature. You should be building upon that creation. Then Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord. This is a broken man. The Lord is nigh to this person. That none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. That's the, right way to, that's the right way to respond. And I'll say to you this morning, will you respond? And I say to myself, will I respond the same way? I'll give you some examples. His focus was on the power, not the Holy Spirit. It sounds like a fine line, but it's not. He wasn't asking for the Holy Spirit. He was asking for the power and he was asking for the acclaim. I can tell you this. How many of you do not want to succeed in ministry? I'm glad nobody said amen. The way that you will never succeed in ministry is if it's about you in any way, shape, or form. Well, I know that I'm called to preach, but it just is never happening for me. That's because it's only about you. You're after the acclaim. You're after the power, but you're not after God. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. Just like, just like Simon the sorcerer, you just call yourself that. I'm Simon the sorcerer. <laughs> Repent, therefore, of your wickedness, is what Peter said to him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, everybody knows this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Notice that it didn't say, so all these things will be added unto you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, so all these things will be added unto you. It says, and if you're not in right standing, what will happen, even if you are saved, is God will corral you off and make sure you have no influence. And have you noticed that that's the case? Will you 2 Corinthians 13, 5 it? Examine yourselves as, as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? I'm not talking about salvation here. That, is, that can go either way with salvation or not. It's talking about are you in the faith? In a specific area, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. If you're yearning after ministry, it should have nothing to do with you. You empty out your soul and you say, you know what? I'm your vessel, Lord. Use me. Nobody notices me. You're already lost. It's over. You get, listen, I'm not saying this to be braggadocious. 
You've got to be like me and not care about any person, what they think. Well, you know, so-and-so's thinking about leaving the church. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go grovel to them. No. It's not, it's not about that. If God wants me to go, I'll feel his conviction. I'll go talk to the person. But most of the time, what they need is to go to L.A. Angel and sign up as a 12-year-old girl. That's usually the problem. And if I go counsel them, that's exactly what I'll tell them. It's a 58-year-old man. I'll say, absolutely no problem in this day and age. You can identify as anything you want. Identify as a 12-year-old girl and go sign up. Because you have a boo-boo on your feelings. Tom told me to stop squishing my water bottle in the middle of the service. Yeah, I'll do it again. You need, I mean, you need help. I'm here to help you. If you're that person that's, that's clipping your nails during a service, you need psychological counseling. <laughs> and I'm here to help you with that. I'm like the paddles on your chest. Fudump! And bring you back to life. You're like, have you seen that? Yeah. I sat there and watched it. Girl clipping her nails while I was preaching. I told her to knock off. Her dad called me. Said, well, it turns out you know, she really wasn't clipping her nails. I mean, she had a nail clipper with her, but she wasn't clipping her nails. I'm like, yeah, they're both gone. And you know what? Glad they are. They refuse. Don't let that be you. If you want ministry of any kind, then you've got to seek God first, but not for the ministry. Just seek Him first, He'll add it to you. Anything in life, seek God, He'll add it to you. As long, do you have to bring it up? Yeah, bring it up. If you, yeah, you have not because you ask not, that's all part of seeking God is asking. But if it ever turns into, I want a claim, you know what I want when I'm not preaching? To be left alone. <laughs> it's why you don't see a lot of celebratory things around here in the, what do we start in? 2004, 17 years of Foundation Church. You know how many pastor appreciation days we've had? Goose egg. Because I don't care about any of that. God's not a respecter of persons. Why are we celebrating me and not celebrating you? Not interested. Not interested in keeping people in the church. Not interested in making people leave. I'm interested in preaching the gospel. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. When COVID came around, there was no option. Preach the gospel. I go right, go right back to Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And he gathered his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Why would we close? How does that make sense to any Christian? How does that make sense to any Christian? We had a woman that was attending this church. That used to go to a church that had healing rooms, and all the healing rooms closed along with the church. These are a bunch of people who do not understand the Bible. Do not understand that God's eyes are on the righteous, but He casts away the desires of the wicked. You are different. You don't do what the wicked does, you don't do what the wicked tells you to do. What if it's the FBI? They're the most wicked of all. 
And I say that as a former cop. I've worked with the FBI. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's what you go after. You don't go after the reward of righteousness. You go after righteousness. We're going to break this down. Don't worry. Simon was a follower of Jesus who was after the power and the acclaim instead of the Holy Spirit. This is where Luke 8, 14 comes in. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard, when they have heard the word of God, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Now I want you to know something. This is going to hurt. A boo-boo is about to be placed, a ponced in King James, King James vernacular, your feelings. <laughs> this is all of us in the American church. I can't speak worldwide, although I don't think much of the worldwide church either. They all closed too. Where's Canada? Closed. Australia? Closed. Spain? Closed. European Union? Closed. England? Closed. Africa? Closed. Nigeria? That's the country I couldn't think of it earlier. Nigeria, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your vaccine passport, without your QR code on your phone, including you cannot access your, access your bank anymore. Well, that'll never happen here. Well, it only took them 20 months of 15 days to flatten the curve where you've got an idiotic moron in the White House mandating that anybody who employs more than 100 people, they all have to have their vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. This is all of us. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Either Luke chapter 6, verse 43, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. I'm blending it with Matthew. For a tree is known by its fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. We are not mature if we are not winning souls. We are not mature if we are not healing the sick. And that's been most of us. And that has to change. If we were doing these things, the world would be scared of us. They'd be scared of us. Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead in the book of Acts chapter 5. What happened to the world? They were scared. Are you talking about killing people, Tom? Absolutely not. They should be scared of our targeted prayers, our spiritual warfare. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have a great delusion. That's a stronghold. And are we going to allow that great delusion to envelop this generation? There's an army that's rising up. Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 through 14. An army of dry bones is rising. It is happening. Look at the airlines. Southwest caved. What's the latest one? There's another one that caved. Delta caved. Okay, listen, I'm telling you, they're caving. One right after another. Oh, good, I didn't know about Allegiant. Good. Listen, they're starting to give in, but you know why? Because we're hitting them where it hurts. All of us, listen, you got to be strong. If you signed up for the NFL Sunday ticket, you're part of the problem. I'm telling you that. You cannot buy, sell, trade, or travel in the NFL as an employee without the mark of the beast. I'm sorry, vaccine passport. Don't buy into that. 
They're starting to, listen, I've said it to you before. Norway, Sweden, Denmark, kicked it all out. Japan, kicked it all out. They're done. They're done with it. You have the governor of Tennessee, the governor of Florida, the governor of Texas, the governor of Oklahoma, the governor of Iowa. Those are the ones that I am aware of that have pledged federal lawsuits against the mark of the beast. It is not over. You young people in this room, it's not over. We, we and you, I'm telling you, I got to put this out. I know I say it to you all the time. My generation stinks, and I wanted to say sucks, but I said stinks. I'm already in enough trouble with my wife because I said whore in the first service. She's probably watching right now. When my generation stinks, they're a bunch of COVID knee benders. But look, I'm looking at Kendall Steiner right here. I've known since she was a little tiny thing. Her generation now, watch them. Those, that's, a, that's a good one. I'm telling you. Like the 17s, the 30s, watch them. That's an interesting generation. Doesn't mean those of us who are not in it that we're not interesting. But overall, P.U., you smell. We, we stink. Bunch of, I mean, what a bunch of pathetic COVID cavers. But that generation that's her age, those 17 to 30s, they hate everybody. They hate Republicans. They hate Democrats. They hate establishment. They hate non-establishment. They hate, one, they hate these clothes one day and love them the next. Who knows? They're interesting. They're pliable. You know Why? I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. They're stone freaking cold. God loves it. Woo, you're chilly. He loves it. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, like the 53-year-olds, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Watch that generation. Now the generation behind them that's being raised by the current 35-year-olds, that's dangerous. There are a bunch of kids who are rejoicing at the fact that Pfizer just got approved for them. Watch them. They've been raised in fear. And I say this to any Christian who's watching, including any foundation church member that walked away and raised your kids now with masks instead of raising them with this. You better watch your kids. Because you've raised them in faith in the devil. That's what fear is. Faith in the devil. False evidence appearing real. Faith in the devil. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says this. You hear it all the time. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. You, you, listen, if your mind is set on what the spirit gives you, you're off. Your mind should be set on the spirit himself. Don't vary from it. I'll give you an example. My relationship with Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Do you know what I do to make that relationship great? Nothing. Not a thing. I don't seek after the relationship. I seek after God, who then gives relationships as he sees fit. 
That's what you do. That's the great. I can't find any friends inside the church because you're not godly. You're seeking friends instead of seeking God. That's idol worship. I said this, I think, in the first service. I can't keep track from podcasts to services. There's just too many of them. People have always tried, it was the first service, tried to be my friend. I don't know why. I'm boring as boring can be. Ask anybody who spends any time with me. I'm boring. But always of trying to seek my friendship. Even when I was pastoring a church of 20, people still tried to be my friend. I'm like, what are you trying to be my friend for? I'm, am I even successful? Pastoring a church of 100, 200, 300, 400. We're about 500 now. People try to, try to be my friend. I'm like, what are you trying to be my friend for? Go after God. Who am I? Come, hang around me for a day. It would cure you. <laughs> cured. You'd be cured. Ask Aaron. The worship leader. He spends the most time with me. Or ask Heather. She's my next door neighbor. It would cure. Unimpressive. You come in there. You come into my house. I'm usually in a reclined position. With stacks of food around me. Because I like to bring everything out to me at one time of anything that I possibly want to eat. And then I drift in and out of sleep with food on my chest. It's unimpressive. You would not be like, oh man, what a holy man of God. No, unimpressive. And I treat, listen, the same thing with Pastor Rodney. People are always trying to be his friend. I'm like, you're, you're a fool. Go after God. If God wants him to be your friend, he will be. If not, who cares? He's a person. It's not that I don't love being around Pastor Rodney. I love being around Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I do not seek them out. You know how many, you know how many times that I've called Pastor Rodney? I don't think it's any. Just let God bless you and stop worshiping the blessing. Stop going after the blessing. Go after God. Amen. Just like Peter, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. Most people don't get that this is idol worship. This is just simply Christian folklore. Get behind me, Satan. It's like a Christian fairy tale without anybody getting the premise behind it. It's idol worship is what Jesus was telling him. Look at what he says. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. What was Peter's grievous violation? He was trying to save Jesus' life. And Jesus responds by calling him the devil. And not only telling him the devil, telling him to get behind him. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Things of man means what? Idol worship. He was more interested in Jesus as a person than Jesus as God. That will never happen to you, Lord. It has to happen to the Lord. He's trying to save his life, and that's what Jesus gives him. Let me give you some examples inside the church. You're like, Tom, do you have experience in this area? Vast. Vast. I'll tell you about my favorite thing. Marriage counseling. I honestly would prefer this. 
to go home today and pull out one leg hair at a time for the rest of the day than spend one hour in marriage counseling. Well, we're not coming to you, Tom. Good idea. You don't want what I have to say anyway. I'm just kidding. If you really need it, I'm here for you. I would. Believe me, I still do it. I still do it. But you know what I do when I do marriage counseling is I assign blame. People don't like that now. That's why they usually don't come back. I usually put, I usually put percentages on it for them. It's about 90% your fault and about 10% your fault, 60, 40, whatever. I'll do it. I can usually tell. It's usually the guy. It is. It is. I didn't say always. I said usually. Don't meet me at the door. I don't want to hear it. I said usually. Not always. Usually. <laughs> Boy, I could go deep into this stuff right now. I could spend an hour and a half right here. But what happens is, is that God comes in and restores a marriage inside the church. They call them service station Christians. Come in, they get service, they get fixed. And then what do they do? God restores their marriage, so then they focus on their spouse. Why are you focusing on your spouse when God restored your marriage? What should, where should your focus be? It's idol worship, but it happens all the time. Well, you know, we're... We're getting away for a while. We're going to be missing church for the next six months. For what? Well, we're just focusing in on one another. That's a great idea. Go worship the devil. That's about exactly the same thing. If you focus in on God, you'll never have a marital problem. Some courageous people, amen in that. You don't, some of you don't believe it because you never tried it. Tom, how often do you fight with your wife? Never. I've been, you know, well, you have been I've been married for almost 26 years. I know what it's like to be married. <laughs> I get it. I understand the highs and the lows. I understand the shine wears off after a year or so. I get it. And she's not, will not be the perpetual playboy model for forever. I understand all that. For those of you who don't think that I do, I get it. I've been married to the same person for coming up on, oh, it's not 26, 25 years. We'll be married of 25 years on uh, December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. That's when we got married. <laughs> Is symbolic of anything? I don't know. <laughs> she was not happy with me the other night because I said vaccine whores and pimps like 37 times on, on the Christian television network and didn't speak to me the entire ride home. I'm over there joking around. I'm like, okay, problem. Cold wind dial bloweth. So, so I stayed up all night worrying about it. No, I didn't care. I'm like, she'll tell me. She'll tell me what she's mad about. I knew what it was anyway, because she hates when I say that stuff. But I'm like, I'm saying it. If you're a vaccine whore, that's what you are. I know some of it bothers some. I know some of it bothers you guys when I tell people to ball it up and shove it up their own caboose. Just understand something. That's as bad as it gets. Okay, good. There's Aaron. There's one, Aaron's one of my closest friends. He spends a lot of time with me. 
That's as bad as it gets. Aaron's never heard me drop the F-bomb, S-bomb, A-bomb, D-bomb, none of that stuff. I say shove things up people's cabooses just like you do, and then people get upset that the pastor says it because you're a respecter of persons. I'm not. It's like the woman at the wedding I told you about before. She herself was a drinker of alcohol in moderation. She wasn't a sinner in it. But then was marveled that, man, this, there's so much alcohol at this wedding. I'm like, why? I didn't say this to her, but in my heart, I'm like, why does this bother you? People get upset with me. I'm like, you never show, told anybody to shove it in your life? I've been telling people to shove it for years. But when I, listen, if someone's a vaccine pimp that's a pastor, that's what they are. They're a vaccine pimp. That's who you are. And if you're out there like Dr. Scott Gottlieb or Andy Slavic, and you're selling books and pimping vaccines while you're on the Pfizer board and giving medical uh, advice, you're a vaccine whore. That's who you are. You're, a pro- you're profiting off of the deaths of others. They have no respect for you at all but God comes in and he restores a marriage inside of a church and then what do they do they get into the marriage don't get into the marriage get into God the spillover effect of God himself will give you the greatest marriage you've ever had the worst thing you can do is focus on your spouse positively or negatively I'm not saying that you don't love on them and give them the affection they want, whatever else. I'm not saying any of that. But if your focus is on it, it's antithetical to the word. Let me ask, who's in here with your spouse? Shout amen. Amen. All right. Can you see them right now? Turn at them. Make sure you can see them. All right, there you go. Now, what does the word say? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. So if you're focused on somebody that you can see, you're living in a way that's idolatrous. If your wife can ruin your day, you're an idol worshiper. If you enjoy the fact that you can ruin people's day, you got a demon in you. I'm just kidding about that part. Your demons influencing you or your own carnality is. If you're like, if you're one of those people that you're the one in the house that everybody has to tiptoe around, your Christianity is garbage. You're welcome. That's why nobody stays here except for you crazy people. I'm telling you, I marvel. I love all you people. Seriously. You guys are tough. Nobody can take this. (laughs) Nobody can take this brutalizing. My own daughter told me this the other day. She goes, every time I leave the service, I feel like I've been hit with a baseball bat. (laughs) My own daughter. See, for me, I couldn't go anywhere else. I'd be bored out of my skull. I can't, I cannot go where I'm not challenged or cut or pierced or pruned. I can't, I'm bored. But he restores the marriage and then they focus on the person. I'll use another example. God restores people's finances and then what do they focus on? They start focusing on the money. After God's the one who gave it all to you. And you can put business in there too. God gives you a business and then the business becomes your God. 
For the love of money, which by the way is the root of all the things you're seeing right now. When you see somebody wearing a mask, understand that they worship at the idol of those who love money. The love of money is the root of all. Is life really that simple? Yes. What they're trying to get, what they're trying to make happen right now is to create a society of haves and have-nots. Well, you'll own nothing and be happy while the owners rent everything to you at their own behest. If you say something they don't like, then you don't get your food shipment for the month. That's the plan from day one. All these supply line shortages are not mistakes. Nobody's that incompetent, even Joe Biden. If there's anybody that could be that incompetent, he's the man. However, what it is, is a globalist network of elitists trying to see what they can pull off. It's called the World Economic Forum. They're trying to see, if you don't believe any of this, please, you can do it right now. And I will not be offended. Pull it up on your phone. You'll see Joe Biden sitting there. See John Kerry sitting there, the Clintons sitting there, Leonardo DiCaprio and a bunch of Hollywood elitists sitting there. Are they going to be the ones who own nothing and be happy? No, but that's what's happening now. That's what COVID is all about. You ever notice that they're the ones who cause all the problems and then offer the solutions? Who caused the problem? Who created COVID? The very people offering the solutions. That's what it's truly all about. They want to see, are you going to do it? The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, you think they'll wear a mask? Well, let's, let's throw it out there. Oh gosh, they're all wearing them. Fantastic. You know what? Let's see if they're wearing two. Let's see if we can get them to wear two. And then you see, the other night, you have Queen Elizabeth come out, who's 95 years old. In a group of globalists, not one person wearing a mask with a 95-year-old woman. But in that same country, you're mandated to wear a mask indoors. Think about the logic behind any of this stuff. Remember where I was, root of all evil. Think about the, you ever think about the logic of vaccines? You ever think about, think about this. Here, here's where it's at right now. You and I are not allowed, I'll use Colorado as an example, you cannot get an organ transplant in Colorado. They had to go to Texas. And for those of you that read that story on Fox News, people had to get an organ transplant. They were denied in Colorado because they were not vaccinated. So they had to go to Texas to get organ transplants. Those are all the loving Christians. That's the, that's the fruit of all you loving Christians that strap masks on your face. There's the fruit. Can't get an organ transplant because you're not vaccinated. So the unvaccinated are we've it's all been established now that the vaccinated and the unvaccinated spread the virus would everybody agree everybody spreads the virus outside of those of us who abound it by the word of god so but keeping it simple everybody spreads the virus all the studies have shown that if anybody spreads it more it's the vaccinated by up to 250 times they carry almost 250 times the viral load as the unvaccinated so but the unvaccinated are not allowed in the room. How does that make sense? What are you, what, okay, the, you're trying to prevent transmission. So the vaccinated are allowed in who spread the virus and the unvaccinated are not. How does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's the pattern of the world. They put out absolutely nonsensical stuff to see if you'll go with it. 
And people don't lie. I remember this at the end of the movie. What's that movie called? Oh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Don't watch it on DVD. Watch it on when it's filtered on TV because so there's, there's bad parts in it. But at the end of it, the murderer says to Daniel Craig, the lead character, they're in this scene, and the murderer invites him into the house, and Daniel Craig knows he's the murderer. This goes in anyway, and the murderer says, oh, he's a murderer of women. This guy was a serial killer of women. And he said, you know what? It has always astounded me how the fear of offense costs people their lives. He's actually talking to Daniel Craig and he says, I see the life draining out of your eyes right now as you give up hope. But knowing all the, all the while that all you had to do was say, no, I don't want to drink. He went in because he was afraid to offend the serial killer. Offend him. Turn your back and walk away. They're trying to set up a life here that we do not have to put up with and we can hold off. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We can hold back the wrath of God and we should want to. You should want your kids to get saved. You should want your kids to get married. You should want your kids to have kids. You should want to win souls. And so, well, it's over. That's not a godly trait. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. So God comes in, gives you a business, and then the business becomes your God. Tom, have you seen that before? Basically every time. There's a few exceptions, maybe. And when, even when it's not about money, sports comes in and steals more Christians than I've ever seen. And honestly, listen, just like I'm astonished that a 99.9% survival virus has closed down the international evangelical church, amazed. I'm more amazed that a bouncing ball, Christians will trade a bouncing ball for the souls of their own kids. You're telling me that we should choose church over volleyball? Uh, yeah, might be a good idea. How, what kind of living is your daughter going to make at volleyball? First of all, you're five foot one and your husband is five foot eight. So she's going to be five foot four or three. She's going to make a living at volleyball? On what circuit is that? The midget circuit? I've seen Christians, I mean, I'm talking about for decades now, trade their souls for hobbies and sports. Amazing. People choose ministry instead of Jesus. I refuse it. I will not be a minister unless I am ministering for Jesus. You, some of you probably wonder, why don't they have this at that church? Why don't they have that at that church? Because I don't want it. I'm not going to just have a youth group because everybody else has one. We went years here without a youth group. I don't care. Well, why don't you start it? No, I'm busy enough. I'm not, I'm not going to choose ministry over Jesus. 
People choose provision over the provider. You sit there and God provides for you. You come into a church, you have no friends, then God provides you with friends, and then friend, your friends become your God. Don't let it happen to you. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Worshiping the blessing is idolatry. Worshiping the blessing is a path to falling away. Your heart will get hard. There's lots of churches that worship worship. It's all about the music and did you feel something? Why is it not about the Holy Spirit? You ever, if you've ever led worship, you have what, what's called now, and they actually have, I don't know if it's a website or a social media site set up for worship fails. You ever watched any of those? I mean, hysterical. I mean, really, really funny. But I led worship for years, and I've had things happen. Like, the, I had the power cut off. I'm in the middle of singing, I'll tra- we're trading, I'm trading our sorrows, we're trading our sorrows, we're trading, trading our sorrows. I'm trading my sorrows like that, and the whole the whole building went dark, <laughs> pitch black. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And someone says, "Just keep singing." I said, "No." <laughs> you can't worship the worship. The focus has to be on God. Worshiping the blessing. Now listen to this part: is a lifeless pursuit. Let me show you why. This is in Psalm chapter 36, verse 9. For with thee is the fountain of life. With him is the fountain of life. Not the thing he gives you. Not the person he gives you. You're like, I found the greatest woman in the world. The worst thing you can do is worship her then. The problem in this country right now is that parents worship their children. It's the worst thing you do. And that he is the only fountain of life. I want you to to memorize this. Have this in your mind. There is no life in anything else but the Holy Spirit. You're like, what about the Father? What about the Son? They're not here. Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God. God sits on his throne. Jesus is coming back as the Lion of Judah. The only version of life that is current with you. The only approved spiritual vaccine is the Holy Spirit. So your focus should be on Him. That is the only place there is life. Have you ever noticed it? Have you ever noticed that you can go on a vacation that you've dreamed of your whole life and it's lifeless and you're in a bad mood? It's because there's no life there. You focused. I remember a Christmas. Hope and I were raking in money. We were making lots of money at the time. And we had bought, and this is is pre-kids. So I think our last Christmas before kids. And I bought her these massive diamond earrings. And she was sitting there together around the tree. And I'm like, what's the matter with you? She goes, it's just all empty. And I'm like, yeah, it is all empty, isn't it? She goes, I haven't been praying like I should. I haven't been studying like I should. It's just all empty. That's right. Because there's only one source of life. I'm telling you, everything else won't work. I don't care how great the girl is. I don't care how exciting the new thing is. I don't care about how great it is to have kids. You will run into the darkness. Because there's no life in them. There's only one fountain of life. 
When you reach this area of your life, it will not be full of life unless it's founded in the word of God, in the sword of the spirit, in the spirit himself. It will be empty. Once I get to this in my life, once my business gets to this place, we can finally be happy. It's not that way. I've experienced some of this stuff. I've retired. I had a full career at the sheriff's office. If I have financial security, there's there's no joy in it. My joy is in the pursuit of God. That's it. Because he is the fountain of life. Understand there's no life. Even in the people that you see in this room, they only have life because God breathed the breath of life into their nostrils. Book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. He breathed the breath of life into their nostrils. Actually, that's the wrong verse. That's not the right verse. That's uh, seed time and harvest. But he breathed that. That's why. It's the only reason why anybody has life in here. Don't focus on a person. They're simply a battery running off of God's life. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. John chapter 6 verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Do you know what that means? Nothing. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. There's a way, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death because they're focusing on a person, a place, a thing, an acquisition, a retirement, whatever it may be. So let me head to the end with this. This is in Numbers chapter 18, verse 20. The Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and I am your inheritance among the children of Israel. There's nothing for us in this world. Nothing for us at all. He's our portion. He's our inheritance. That's it. Don't worship the blessing. Worship the one who blesses. Focus on the one who blesses. Sometimes is it as exciting as focusing on the blessing? No, and this is actually, if you look at this in 1 John chapter 4, 19-21. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So it's easier to love the seen than the unseen. And people always get mixed that up. People, how many of you think that it's easier to love God than a person? Don't say amen. See, I try to save you. There's my pastoral instinct. It's kicking in. Don't want anybody to be embarrassed. But it's actually easier to love people than it is God. He knows that. I want to finish with this. I want to give you this warning as we go out. If you stand in authority and you are what God has called you to be, we're done in just five minutes or so. I want you to know what will happen. You're going to be loved by everybody. No. You're going to be called if you stand in authority. Switching back to the positive. I've given you the warning about not focusing on 
the blessing instead of the blesser. You act in authority. And you are what God calls you to be. And you are a shining city on a hill. You are the exception to every rule. You're going to be called murderers by the murderers. You're going to be called unloving by the self-consumed. You're going to be called ignorant by the willfully stupid. Where do you get that from, Tom? Matthew chapter 5. Verses 11 and 12, part of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is right at the tail end of the Beatitudes. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You'll be called a fool by the foolish. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. 1 Corinthians 1, 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. And I'll finish with this. Worship team, you guys can make your way. Understand that the world cannot see the truth. If you said that simple vaccine statement that I said earlier, that simple vaccine explanation, everybody vaccinated and unvaccinated spreads the virus, transmits the virus, right? So why, why is it that only the unvaxxed can't walk into a hospital? What are, what are you protecting from then? Because you're letting other people, it's like Joe Biden's southern border policy. The world cannot see the truth. Understand it. Ephesians chapter 4, 17, 18, finishing here. As I like to send you out, I want to send you out into this world, which right now is a difficult place. We're very blessed to be in Florida. Very blessed. And we need to be targeting prayers for the re-election of our governor. As I can tell you right now, you do not want Charlie Crist to be your governor. You can't even work on his campaign without your vaccine passport. The world cannot see the truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Finishing here. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from God. You hear me preach these two verses all the time in John chapter 8, verses 44 and 45. And you can say this to all those that are out there pimping COVID. You belong to your father. Say it to their face. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. For when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And Jesus finishes by saying, because yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Why? Having their understanding darkened. 
Ephesians 4.18, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So what do we do? What do we do? If they're blind, what's the greatest thing that can happen to them is light. Stop trying to love people into the kingdom and instead shine them into the kingdom. Shine. Shine. Shining city on a hill. You are the light of the world. He said that about you. You are the light of the world. Let me give you the whole verse in closing. Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. You're the irritant. You all right with that? I've embraced it. Why don't you? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to have a bunch of Christians strap masks on and take vaccinations and lock down their churches. It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, the ones, let your light so shine before men. Those who who are living in futility of thought. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. That's your calling. Do it in Jesus' name. Stand with me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. You said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.